When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground. Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. One more time. We're going to try this. And there we go. Rolling down the boulevard in the speed of bold Corvette. Tail on a tornado ring, the promise so can swear. One hand on the glass pipe, the other on the wheel. Devil riding shotgun, singing, Boy, let's make a deal. This is Groundless, a justified podcast. This is a podcast where we watch every episode of Justified and then come on here and talk about it. I'm Chris. That man is Randy. Give us free. I just watched Give Amistad us. last oh, night. Okay. <laughs> that's a good one. Been a while, been a while since the, I've seen that one. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the good uh, Steven Spielberg uh, movies. <laughs> <laughs> one, of the, one of the good ones? One of the good ones. <laughs> no, he's good. He's, he's a he's talented right. guy, but he's fine. Yeah. yeah. I'll just take his non-union Mexican equivalent whenever I get the opportunity. <laughs> Simpsons joke for those who don't know. <laughs> Senor Spielbergo. <clears throat> and we are here this week to talk about uh, season one, episode 10, Debts and Accounts. Uh, this episode originally aired April 13th, 2011. Um, and we have a synopsis as Winona begins divorce proceedings, Raylan begins to contemplate his future as a marshal. Meanwhile, Dickie Bennett takes exception to his family's new business arrangement with Boyd Crowder. That pretty much wraps up what's going on in here. Uh, aside from the whole, you know, attempted assassination element of things that, uh, isn't really covered, <clears throat> but mysteriously, uh, I don't know if maybe. it's really mysteriously, but <laughs> Well, as Raylan says at the end, there's a lot of people who are trying to kill me, right? Yeah, now. <laughs> yeah that's true. <laughs> but uh, I will say that that may be the least interesting part of the entire episode, quite frankly. Yeah, and I that's know. that's how you know you've got a good episode of television when the when the people who are uh, being hunted for uh, like you know like prey are the least interesting. Part. <laughs> so. Uh, let's see what we've got uh, written by written by Chris Provenzano. He's written uh, several episodes of uh, Justified uh, 11. In fact, he wrote uh, he moved after the first season. He moved to producer role. So he was he was a writer on on several of the episodes in, in season one and then moved to producer role after the first season and then just wrote an occasional episode here and there after that. 
Um, some of his other stuff, he was, he's a producer on Silicon Valley. He wrote a, an episode of that, which is, a uh, a show that I loved on HBO. Yeah. Uh, was- 30 minute comedy. It's great. If you work in tech, if you, or if you've known somebody who works in tech, it's actually pretty close to reality, <laughs> like disturbingly close to reality. So, and, uh, it's very entertaining for that reason. Uh, he also has written two episodes of Archer uh that's a good show too yeah and and you know if if you had asked me like season three of archer i would tell you that it's a show that doesn't get enough press and nobody knows about i think at this point anybody who needs to know about archer knows about archer so yeah yeah um and uh and they they brought it back kind of back to the the main storyline this season which was really really good too so it was enjoyable to see them come back and do you know typical spy stuff as opposed to uh, the, you know, the fish, the, right, the fish out of water uh, dream kind of sequences that they've been doing for the past several years. Yeah. Uh, he also wrote two episodes of the Mad Men, which is uh, which is another, uh, you know, uh, I, I think probably an overrated show. Uh, I would say the first couple of seasons were really, really good. And then it sort of became like itchy and scratchy going to the fireworks factory, right? Nothing, yeah. nothing happened. They were just kind of traveling there. Um, but, uh, but I think still, you know, still a pretty good TV show and really helped to usher in prestige television, I would say. Yeah. Especially for AMC. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, without you, you got to figure without med or mad men, there'd be no breaking bad. Right. Yeah. Yep. That's that's for sure. So, uh, and then directed by, so this episode's directed by uh, John David Coles. He's mostly a big shot producer. Um, the elementary TV series, he produced that. House of Cards, he's a producer on that. Law and Order Criminal Intent, producer on that. He also directed an episode of that. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, he directed a few episodes of that. He directed an episode of a show that uh, was on Hulu a few years ago called Eleven Twenty Two Sixty Three. It's a uh, it's a show based on a Stephen King book, and uh, it's basically it's about time travel. And this guy finds a portal that lets him travel back to 1960, and he decides that he's going to try and stop the Kennedy assassination. And so whenever he goes through the portal, it resets. He starts on the same day uh, that it was when he went, when he goes through the portal for the first time. So he, everything he changed, everything he he edited resets when he comes back, uh, when he goes through the portal again. And so he keeps screwing up and having to come back out and go back through the portal. And so it's, uh, it's interesting. And time itself is a character in the show where time attempts to fight you to stop you from changing it. So it's like you, uh, it's like a video game where you're at that save point and you start at that same level. It's sort of, yeah. I mean, basically it is. Yeah. You start. Yeah. It's exactly right. Except his levels are three years long. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) And he's, he's aging the whole time, right? Like when he comes back out into his time, his time hasn't changed, but he's gotten three years older. So yeah. So it's, uh, it's interesting. I haven't heard of that. Did that come out recently? It was a few years ago. 
Yeah, it was a few years ago. I think probably 2017, maybe 20. Yeah, 2017, 2018, somewhere in that vicinity. Um, I read the book uh, a while back, but uh, it's it's a uh, it's a good show. I I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good. How many how many seasons did that one last? last Just one. No, it's one. It's a limited series. It was like nine episodes or maybe 10 episodes. Oh, Um, and then that was it. So it's uh, it's an easy it's an easy watch. You get through it quick and, and you're done. Nothing else to see. Was it on Hulu? Said it's on Hulu. Yeah, it's on the other the thing that you have access to. So, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Cool. (laughs) Um, uh, he's also directed a couple episodes of a show called Power. That's Fifty Cent's show on uh, on Showtime or Cinemax. I can't remember which. And then uh, six episodes of Sex in the City he directed. So he's been uh, he's been a producer and a director in Hollywood for a long time. Yeah. Do you know that they're making another one, another Sex in the City movie? I did hear about that without yeah. uh, Kim Cattrall, right? Yeah. Uh, without the girl from Porky's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Mannequin. Uh, <laughs> uh, and Mannequin. Mannequin. <laughs> mannequin 2, right? Is it yeah. Mannequin or Mannequin 2? I think it was Mannequin 2. I, I think it was Mannequin 2, yeah. <laughs> what, was the, what was the name of that? It was, the, it was a subtitle. It was something in the city. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> uh, that wasn't, it was not Babe Pig in the City. I know. <laughs> I can't remember what the, uh, what the subtitle was. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, but uh this week we have we have a guest star this week for the first time in a couple of weeks and uh he's a that guy uh his name is uh richard spite jr and he plays a character jed Berwind, who is uh in the bennett organization and uh you've seen him before i i would promise he's been in a ton of commercials uh he's been in a bunch of tv shows a lot of one-off uh episodes of tv or you know where he'll come in as a bit character sort of like he does here uh and he's in a few episodes and um has a has a role to play he was also a a regular on a couple of shows uh band of brothers uh being the one that's probably most the one that sticks out the most to me um another show i watched called jericho which was a, a show on on one of the networks, I can't remember which. I remember that it yeah. was. Uh, they were traveling to trying to get to Jericho, right? Wasn't that the thing? It was a journey to there. In, no, oh. no. This was a small town in Kansas, I think. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, nuclear bombs go off all over the world, uh-huh. and uh, they're kind of cut off from the rest of society, and they don't know what's going on, and there's a government conspiracy and all sorts of stuff. Uh, happening with it. It was kind of a cool idea, but it wasn't particularly well executed. And it's Skeet Ulrich as the uh, as the main awesome. character. Yeah. Okay. And uh uh but he was he was in that and he was a he was a regular on that show. He was also in Speed 2 Cruise Control. Uh <laughs> speaking of subpar sequels. <laughs> <laughs> the third of a movie that is. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, the old, <laughs> I, he, I think they must have that thought about, you know, it must be like, oh, well, Seagal did Die Hard on a boat. We can do Speed <laughs> on a boat. <laughs> it was, you know, and it just had the, what Sandra Bullock was the only one common thing, right? I mean, yeah. I guess the, the guy who replaced Keanu Reeves was the same character. But 
Yeah, yeah, but he was not Keanu Reeves. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be saying anything bad about the movie if it was Keanu Reeves, because I'm totally in the tank for Keanu, and I'm not ashamed to admit it. Nah, he's. it's amazing the career that he's had, Matrix. It really is. It really is, and he's one of the nicest guys in the world, too, from everything I read. yeah. Oh, uh, I, there's a uh, recommendation if you uh, if you like the romantic comedies. There's that Chinese one, the uh, Always Be My Maybe. Oh and yeah, he makes yeah, that, yeah, uh, he plays, that cameo. Yeah. <laughs> he makes he he makes the whole movie actually yeah. in his character. <laughs> yeah, he plays against type, and it's uh, it's very it's very funny. Pretty funny, yeah. uh also uh richard speed jr also in independence day i think he was uh younger i think he was like a teenager or a kid and he was also in a movie uh ernest goes to camp which which, as i understand it is the best ernest movie that's out there but uh but yeah i thought that was pretty interesting too <laughs> isn't you know, they the, made like 50 of those things yeah that's like the earnest and then there's that that british guy is it bean or yeah like, mr bean yeah, mr yeah. bean yeah same sort yeah. of franchise where they make a bunch of movies with the same character yep he's just an idiot kind of fumbling his way through the world <laughs> i haven't seen i haven't seen any of those movies but i would watch that Ernest goes to camp just because uh if you're saying that's the best one out of uh, this whole franchise that's what i've heard i i I, i'm sure i've seen that movie i mean look we didn't have cable right so what we (laughs) what we had was we had 49 cent and 99 cent video uh cassette rentals at far more (laughs) yeah not even the blockbuster not even no 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 there was a blockbuster in my town eventually i don't remember when it came in as compared to the farm but no no we had to go it was the 49 cent movies uh were the ones and then we could occasionally like on a friday night we could get the 99 cent which was the new release That's then, assuming they had them available because they had like two <laughs> copies of the new releases anyway. So yeah, so they always be, be out. We yeah, even get them. <laughs> Boy, there's a time, huh? There's a whole different time. There's oh like yeah, three platforms too. Like we're now on totally what totally uh, virtual or digital. Uh, yeah. We had the DVDs, and prior to that's the VCRs. Well, bef- and in between, you even had uh, for some people had Blu-rays. Oh, like that's a right. lot of yeah. people, a lot of yeah. people skipped DV, or a lot of people skipped Blu-ray and went straight to digital. But, yeah. but there was a significant number of people in there. Like probably, I'd say, you know, like 70 percent of people who went to Blu-ray or, or if you made poor choices like I did, <laughs> HD DVD. I, I remember talking about that. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> like Sony's lost every format where they've ever been in. They're not going to win this one. <laughs> they lost beta. <laughs> they lost beta. They lost mini disc. They lost memory stick. They lost all of them. <clears throat> well, <laughs> and I remember when I worked at the radio station in college, we used to use, um, that was a big, that was a big deal when we got the memory uh, or not the memory stick, the uh, mini disc upgrade. Mm. So like, cause we would use carts, we would use the tape cartridges. They oh were like yeah. Big yeah, tracks. Yeah. 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 And, uh, so we'd use those and we'd use like a magnetic degausser to like, to wipe them out and just re-record them. And so you only got, you got one take, right? Yeah. And if you didn't get it right, you had to wipe it with the degausser and start over. <laughs> so you're doing a four minute, I'm doing a four minute newscast in one take. And I'm like, oh, this is ridiculous. Man. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, then they got the, then they got the mini discs and you were able to, uh, you know, pause it and start over. And, oh, it was awesome. It was wonderful. 
Can you but, think of how many different formats you've bought of, like, say, a, a particular uh, uh, movie or a TV show? Oh, seriously, yeah. I, I, I you <laughs> know, a lot of people do this with albums, right? Because, yeah. like, if, if yeah. you if you were alive uh, and of age in the seventies, the chances are very, very good that you had an album on vinyl. Yeah, and then you got it on eight track, and then you got it on cassette. cassette yeah. And then you got it on CD and then you got it on digital. <laughs> so you probably paid Peter Frampton for Frampton comes alive five times. <laughs> and all you got for your effort was the click, uh, you know, and when the eight track would switch sides or switch tracks or whatever. Or Eric Clapton in his music. <laughs> Lena or whatever. We talked you by that. That's 90, Derek and the Dominoes. 99 cents just for the single. Like what they used to do on iTunes or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. For uh, yeah, I think they still do that. I I don't know. I I does anybody actually buy music anymore? Or do they just pay the the monthly fee and pay get the anything they want? Yeah. yeah, pretty sure that's all most people do, especially with the family plans and whatever. Yeah, just tag them on. But all right, so uh, well, we have to take a little trip back to April thirteenth, two thousand eleven, because we got to put the episode in the uh, in the appropriate historical context. Because you can't appreciate art without the historical context. Are you telling me that you built a time machine out of a DeLorean? That's right, we did. So we're back the week of April thirteenth, two thousand eleven. What's going on in the world? Uh, number one movie. Uh, well, it's the same movie as last week. It's Hop. It's the Easter Bunny animated movie. Uh, that's for the second week at number one. Uh, Hannah is the number two movie debuting this week at number two. Um, that's now a, uh, TV, uh, uh, series on Amazon. So they have a, uh, a series called Hannah and it's based on the same character that's in that movie. I don't know if that was based on a series of books or what, but. Yeah, there was a uh, – I tweeted out like a couple months ago that there was like Hannah and then – she's like a super soldier or whatever, right? The, yeah. Yeah. And then there was Anna. Remember that one with uh, the blonde? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a movie. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And and uh, I just tweeted out, oh, which one's better? <laughs> <laughs> Is it Hannah or Anna? Anna Hannah. Hannah. Yeah. I think okay. the the Anna one was the um, was the one with the same guy who did uh, the professional. I think that's the same director, uh, Le- uh, Leon the professional. Remember that with uh, Natalie with Portman. Natalie Portman. Yeah, yeah. That's um, funny that you mentioned Natalie Portman because I've got her here to say something about her in a second. So uh, okay, uh, uh, that's a good segue. Uh, <laughs> that's a great segue. Yeah, number five movie this week is Your Highness debuting at number five, uh, which is the uh, the medieval stoner comedy. Yeah, and uh, Natalie Portman's in that, and is apparently half naked in that, um, in in one specific scene, I guess. Yeah, over a, over a waterfall. That's with Danny McBride, who we had talked da- about yeah. with uh, as a well, I talked about uh, re- or not talked about, but tweeted out about recasting for the. Uh, Yes. Uh, swingers. <laughs> Who was the oh, boy, boy. Walton Goggins and uh and uh Danny McBride uh, Danny recasted. McBride. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be awesome, actually. That would be awesome. I, I uh I kinda wanna see them in everything now, as as evidenced by the Twitter <laughs> account, right? Yeah. But um he's in he's in the Righteous Gemstones also, which 
which is something else that I had tweeted about this week with Boyd uh, singing that song and and clogging like crazy Boyd uh, Walt uh, Walton Goggins yeah. singing that song and and clogging like crazy on stage. So yeah. well, he beat out uh, according to your rankings, he beat out Christopher Walken, right? That was from my perspective, he yeah. did. Uh, yeah. Those are my rankings, not the official opinion. <laughs> I think you're right on the on John Travolta being number one because oh, I think he has to be. Yeah, I mean Pulp Fiction, even going back to Saturday Night Fever and Grease. There was the mm-hmm. he was in Greece too, yeah, so significant amount of dancing and singing in Greece that he yeah. uh, that he did. So he's a he's a true triple threat. I think the acting is probably the weakest part of his uh, portfolio, quite frankly. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and then uh, another movie debuting this week: Arthur, the remake uh, of the Dudley Moore movie from the eighty early eighties. Starring Russell Brand. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, that's the last we all heard of Russell Brand. And uh, I think we're all better <laughs> off for it. <laughs> he he had that English accent, which was so charming. But if you listen to him, he's a uh, little cray-cray. <laughs> yeah. He taught you know, for me. He always seemed to talk like David Beckham, right? It's really high voice. Yeah. English accent. And it's just it just doesn't fit. It doesn't match, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. He was uh, <clears throat> he was dating Katy Perry for a while, if I recall. I, he was, yeah. And there was something that went on in that relationship, and I I remember the, some drama, but I don't remember what it was. Yeah, yeah. But apparently now she's uh, she's uh, who's she with now? I don't remember. I don't know. I know that she doesn't look like she, anything like she did like when no ten not years at all. ago. So yeah, maybe it was that conspiracy where the, like <laughs> the Beatles oh, she conspiracy. Got re- did she get replaced? She got replaced. Like, uh, was Paul it John dead. or Paul? Paul I McCartney. buried Paul. I buried Paul. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. Beatles conspiracy well, guys. There's a there's up. a conspiracy about about Britney Spears too that she got replaced and Avril. Uh, I think it's Avril Lavigne. I think that's the one that really like people are are keyed up about about how she's an imposter and she got replaced sometime back in like 2005 or something. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, she's been around for a long time, so. Yeah. <laughs> That's so. great. <laughs> uh yeah, speaking of Katy Perry, our number one top 40 song, ET, Katy Perry, Kanye West, week number 2 at number 1. <clears throat> and then uh and then some headlines. So uh the Southern District of New York, uh US attorney indicts the owners of three different poker websites for bank fraud, gambling charges, and money laundering, which uh, pretty put a pretty big uh, crimp in the style of internet poker players. And I think I, I didn't I didn't research this a ton, but I remember reading about it at the time. And there were a lot of people whose money were was gone, just vanished uh, as part of those indictments and seizures um, that they they were kind of out of luck. So, they would seize kind of, those those domain names, right? The, yeah, the they, they did. Yeah. They put the uh, they put the uh, the the marshals uh, logo up on those websites. So when you'd go to them, they'd say they were they were seized by the by the government of the United States. And yeah, it was God. like Poker Stars. Poker Stars was one of the biggest, like most well known uh, poker websites. They sponsored all sorts of players they'd hope they'd host events and everything else and then next thing you know they're being shut down for fraud and money laundering yeah so yeah <clears throat> i don't Let's know see. you know i i think that 
well, whoever the interests are that have uh, interests against playing poker online, maybe that's who you should look to as far as like who uh, who pull the levers. Well, and now, I mean, you fast forward nine years, right? Nine years, nine years ago, not even ten years ago, nine years ago, the U.S. attorney indicts a bunch of poker websites for gambling charges, in addition to bank fraud and money laundering. But it was all related to the fact that they were gambling. Uh, fast forward to now. We have legalized sports betting in like 18 different states. You can't turn on a TV or, or a radio without getting an ad for gambling on on FanDuel or uh, whatever the other one is. Yeah. Uh, I sports can't betting is huge. Yeah. Too. Sports betting's huge. Um, they have, you know, formalized, you know, uh, pools and squares and everything else. And that's all legal. It's, I mean, we basically, come 180 degrees from where we were just nine years ago it's crazy uh let's see nick cage gets arrested in new orleans in the french quarter uh for public intox and uh domestic abuse now the reason i put this story in here uh first of all i love nick cage he's completely insane and i i think I think he does. He he has no shame, I guess would be the best way to say it. He, he doesn't live inside his own head. When he's on screen, <laughs> he's giving 100% yes. to what he's doing. Yeah. He, he, there's no level of self-consciousness at all with that man. And so that's something admirable that we all can shoot for, right? Obviously, we want to kind of direct our energy into better places than straight-to-DVD crappy movies, <laughs> but... But by and large, it's it's an energy that I can get behind. Um, and so I can appreciate Nick Cage. Uh, the reason I put the story in here, though, is because his bail, which was only $11,000 for domestic abuse and public intox, was posted by Dog the Bounty Hunter. <laughs> oh. <laughs> really? So it's just such a weird thing to hear that Dog the Bounty Hunter is bailing Nick Cage out of jail on public intox charges in, in, in the French Quarter. For $11,000 was the bail? For eleven grand, yeah. Yeah. Well, Nick, Nick Cage famously has some money issue. <laughs> That's, you know what? I think you're right, because that had to have been... Uh, yeah, maybe around ten years ago. I think he, he filed yeah. bankruptcy. Even he he did, he had to sell off a bunch of property. He had to sell off a bunch of his uh, artifacts that he had acquired over time. You mean like the Constitution? No, going to steal the Declaration, the of, the Declaration of Independence, <laughs> the President's <laughs> desk, where you the. <laughs> No, I, I don't know if you've read any of, about any of the stuff. He, like he collects like ancient Egyptian artifacts and like weird weird stuff man like yeah. stuffed creatures i mean just weird stuff he's a weird dude yeah. a very weird well that's what happens right he's hollywood royalty yeah. he he grew up around it you you lose your mind you, you yeah. don't you don't you have no sense of what normal actually there's no is. boundaries like you None. can afford it so all you you know i want to have a <laughs> I want to have an island like Johnny Depp. I think he bought an island in the Caribbean or something like that. Uh, I think money, so. I think I was reading that Nick Cage bought an island in the Bahamas. <laughs> 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 well, why wouldn't you? Oh, I mean, yeah, if you had forty six million dollars, yeah. you'd buy an island. Yeah, a of course. After your own personal submarine, that would the island purchase would be next because where are you going to park your submarine? <laughs> 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 is that for smuggling uh, drugs to and from <laughs> yeah. Colombia? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Were you the one who was telling me about that show? 
Oh, no. Which one? Uh, oh, maybe. oh, oh, oh. There was a documentary uh, not too long. I, I'm, I'm spacing on it completely. I probably shouldn't even talk about it. But there was a documentary a couple of years ago about um, <laughs> these guys who tried to sell a submarine to uh, the Colombian drug cartel, <laughs> a submarine that they didn't own. They tried to buy a submarine or steal a submarine from the Russian Navy when the, uh, when the uh, Soviet Union was collapsing. Oh, and sell turn around and sell that submarine to uh, what's his name in Colombia? Um, oh, uh, yeah, I know the cartel guy. Uh, yeah, the cartel guy. Yeah, yeah. They, they made the uh, they made the show about the movie about him. Javier Bardem played him. Uh, there's that great meme of him sitting all depressed on a bench or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so there's a there's a great documentary, and I can't remember the name of it. If I do remember the name, I'll put it on the Twitter account because uh, it's it's very very entertaining, and you can't believe that these things actually happen. <laughs> Yeah. Well, speaking of no boundaries, right? If you have an unlimited budget, why wouldn't you, you know, like entertain it? Yeah. Well, there's a whole thing right now. I don't know if you're reading these stories that have come out about the hippos in Colombia or in the Amazon now. There's not supposed to be hippos there because there aren't hippos there. But because he brought them over for his own personal zoo, now they've become like a a nuisance and they're breeding (laughs) (laughs) – so that's it's, oh it's i know whole, who it is pablo escobar right pablo escobar yeah okay. yeah that's it yeah i don't know why i couldn't remember his name i know i was uh, just trying to yeah. think of it but uh yeah no it's uh there's yeah there's some really interesting stuff about him if you uh dig in a so he introduced a, a native uh non-native at like a hippo or yep. hippo to uh, south america yes <laughs> wow yeah <laughs> because he wanted he he brought like 14 or like 18 over or something for his own like personal zoo <laughs> and uh and then when his empire crumbled around him it it they they got out basically they were released yeah. into the wild and now there's like a thousand of them <laughs> so this- it's it's funny but it's not funny at the same time yeah because it's can- like what do you do with a thousand hippos with no natural predators <laughs> yeah well, no. The, the question is, what do a thousand uh, hippos running around uh, in uh, South America with no natural putters do? You know. Yeah, you yeah, exactly. That's right. Whatever they want. Whatever yeah. they want. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think hippos kill. I think hippos kill more people annually than any other mammal. I think. Oh, I believe it. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's something. Yeah, because I I know that they're you know they're nasty. <laughs> I mean, they're like mosquitoes like, are yeah. more deadly, and bees kill more people or whatever. But but than any other, I think than more than any yeah. other mammal. Yeah, they're, they're big and they're mean, and yeah, yeah. They they like to run people down. So. Uh, a couple other headlines. San Diego U.S. attorney announces indictments related to point shaving in college basketball. Uh, two players and an assistant coach for the uh, USD basketball team, the college basketball team, mm. uh, got uh, indicted there. That was a big, uh, big deal here in San Diego. Uh, Mitt Romney announces he will run for the Republican nomination for president in uh, 2012. And uh, I thought this was a really interesting stat. Uh, Carlos Slim, uh, with a worth of about $54 billion, is named the richest man in the world. Yeah. And uh, that was he held that title until 2013. 
Any guess where he is on that list now? God, is he even on the top 10? He is not in the top 10. He is number 12 and not because his wealth went down. <laughs> he has basically the same amount of money he had then. Uh, but Elon and Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates and several other people, Warren Buffett, have all gotten exponentially more rich than uh, and, and just blown by him. So, and he has, if I recall, I mean, his fortune was built on the cell service or cell network in Mexico. I think that plus uh, oil. I think he oh, he, okay. he owns the uh, the Mexican nationalized oil company and distribution network and the whole thing. Uh, okay. All right. Oh, speaking of Nicolas Cage, I just read an article about uh, they're making a, a I guess it's a sequel to Face Off. With John Travolta, what? yeah. <laughs> with John Travolta, with, but not Nick Cage, of course. With Nick, no, with Nick Cage in it. Really? Yeah. How's he in it? <laughs> well, spoiler uh, alert yeah, for those who yeah, haven't who seen know. Face Off. <laughs> That's what they haven't figured out yet. But supposedly, okay. I mean, it's confirmed. It's a sequel. Is John Woo uh, going to direct? That I don't know. I just saw it. What is, what is this thing? I'll tweet out, tweet out the article or tweet out the article. All right. But. Yeah, do that. I, I'm very interested because I love Face Yeah, off. that movie's great. <laughs> <laughs> I love the, the Nick. I want to take his face off. <laughs> <laughs> Doing his best job. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. That movie's so good. Yeah. <sighs> uh. All right, uh, so let's get into the episode. Uh, we've got some B stories this week. So uh, unlike the last couple of weeks where we haven't had any uh, alternate storylines, we have storylines aplenty this week. So I didn't write any rhymes uh, because it was going to be too hard to do. <laughs> so, uh, but Boyd is getting the band back together. Uh, Loretta doesn't want to wipe noses and asses. Uh, Winona's playing hard to get. Dickie wants his share of the pie. Art and Raylan are done. And multiple someone seem to want Raylan dead. So we uh, we open up in the marshal's office uh, where we find out that the official story is that uh, Coover killed McCready, killed Loretta's dad to uh, to get to get the watch that he stole. Uh, nobody believes that, but they don't have any evidence of anything else. And they certainly don't have any evidence that he was poisoned listening to the autopsy results. So there's no reason to believe anything other than Coover killed him because he wanted to watch. So, uh, uh, Art makes an offhand comment to Raylan during this conversation about how, oh, you shouldn't, you, you'll do just fine with the AUSA, basically insinuating that Raylan's kind of a con artist <laughs> uh, and that it shouldn't bother him. And Raylan, Raylan gets a little offended by that. And, uh, and then they have a little bit of a conversation where they, uh, they have a state of the union, if you will. I'm going to go ahead and play that. Where do we go next? Well, you've got that AUSA meeting. And where do we go? We know that. There's something on your mind, Raylan? Look, Hart. You and I... <laughs> Shut that door. <clears throat> what? I just want to get to the bottom of this. 
Why? Well, because I'd like to know where I stand moving forward. I don't think you would, Raylan. I think what you want is to walk in here and have me go, just sit down, son, and tell me in your emotionally crippled way just what it is that's troubling your heart so that we can get back what we've lost. Okay. Sorry. Forget it. No, 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 no. You opened this can. Let's eat it all. Get back in here. Let me tell you something, Raylan. Huh? Now, you know that thing that never happened that we never talked about? We're not going to talk about it. Okay. Now, do you understand what that means? No. That means that I'm stuck with you. I'm stuck with a man who is a lousy marshal, but a good lawman. And you are who you are. Nothing I say has ever made any difference. No punishment that I can dream up will ever change you. Kind of makes me sad, believe it or not, because I thought at one point that maybe someday you and I'd be able to look back on all this and laugh. But, shit, I don't think you're going to live that long. You just go on and do what you do, and I'll just keep cleaning up after you. And sooner or later, this problem's going to solve itself. Okay. So we get a little bit of tough love from Art there, and uh, we get we get the first uh, inkling that we're entering a dark period between Raylan and Art for sure. Well, it's like he's been betrayed. Art, he was <laughs> Raylan betrayed Art in a way, right? Because he had trusted him, I think. But when he found out or figured out what was going on with him and Winona, I think this is the moment that uh, that it's all out in the open. Everybody has their uh, their say. Well, at least Art gets his say of yeah. what he's been thinking. Well, yeah, Art definitely got his say. And I don't know what I don't know what Art would think if Raylan told him what what actually happened and told him what they were trying to do, but but it doesn't matter, right? Uh, you know, Art has his own kind of perception of what they were up to, and he's not going to believe anything Raylan says at this point. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's not good. It's it, their their relationship is not in a good place, and uh, uh, we know from later in this episode that Raylan's going to need to ask him a favor here pretty soon, and uh, Art's probably not going to be too. Uh, eager to deliver on that favor i wouldn't imagine given the situation yes so so from there we uh we get helen and mag so helen's having uh uh breakfast uh and mag shows up and they have a quick conversation um where mags gives helen a, a bag full of cash that's her share of uh, black pike for the indian line property and uh, uh, says that business doesn't stand aside for uh, for for uh, death, which is which is absolutely true. Um, but uh, but then Mags makes a couple of uh, insinuations. She says she wants to weigh all of her debts and accounts, and uh, Helen knows immediately what that means, and and talks about uh, taking the privilege um, with Mags and and. Presumably, this is a eye for an eye type of situation that they're talking about where, you know, Raylan killed Coover. So now 
the Bennett's get to kill a Givens, I suppose, or have to kill a Givens. Um, yeah. cause you know, that's the rule. Them's the rules, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, Helen implores Mags to, uh, to keep the lid on, to, to keep the truce in place that they've, that they've, uh, maintained for 20 some years. Yeah. And, uh, Mags, Mag sees the better of it and decides that she uh, is going to keep the truce because she doesn't understand what's to be accomplished by uh, by more bloodshed. Yeah. Well, that Aunt Helen uses that same line that Raylan used when he was talking to the horse manager. Where Where will it end? You remember that? Um, oh, I didn't catch that. Great, great catch. Yeah. Yeah. So well, yeah, when he's talking to that guy uh, in the the Hitler's episode, the Hitler yeah. paintings episode, yeah. yeah, and he's he's kind of fallen. Like, say you had a gun under that desk right yeah. now, pointed at me. You probably got the drop on me. And then he says, "But where would it end?" Yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah. yep. Oh, that's interesting. I I did not catch that. <clears throat> um, yeah, and uh, and Mags seems to come down on the right side of this, and uh, and then Hobart Hobart shows up and. <laughs> gives her a hard time for selling them all down the river and then she threatens him to threatens to murder him essentially says uh your kids be better off with or without their daddy <laughs> <laughs> well you know hobart's been that's the second or maybe third time even that he's just uh he's way out of line either because he was intoxicated or just has no sense yeah because <laughs> like, that was it, he was the same guy at the party um, yeah, no, I know who who tried to uh, tried to hit on uh, uh, Carol Johnson, <laughs> and she uh, she had to like break his hand or whatever. Yeah, <sighs> yeah, you know, a man should know his limits, right? Or his yes, <laughs> uh, uh, in all things, right? Whether he's yeah. intoxicated or whether it's breakfast, he should know not to uh, <laughs> not to call mags out in a room full of people that's yeah. not a smart not a smart decision that's what i was looking for read the room <laughs> yeah know? that's what i was looking for <laughs> read the room yeah everybody in that diner is like boy i wish i had the balls to say that but i'd like to live through thursday so i'm not going to <sighs> And and bravo to Mags for keeping her temper in place and not immediately going out and telling uh, Doyle to go whack Raylan. <laughs> yeah, I know. Huh? <laughs> As a oh, result I know, of huh? <laughs> that, you know, she she's so emotionally fragile right there and uh, manages to keep it all under control. Well, she had that look of she had that face, right, where her face was like, oh, nothing you can't get through to me. But somehow Aunt Helen was able to at least at least, uh, you know, like uh, calm her down or I don't know, whatever you want to call it. But that face uh, that she had, it's <laughs> like, oh, oh. She, she was on a murder. Uh, she was going to go on a murder rampage, I think. The, the tight jaws. Yeah. The tight jaws. That's the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you, there's no, there's no talking to, uh, to certain people when they get the tight jaws. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So that's, that's basically the Givens Bennett feud kind of ends right there for now, at least. Um, Boyd, we get Boyd, a little bit of Boyd. He's moving out of Ava's house uh, because he's embarking on his new life of crime, his reborn. He's born again (laughs) into a life of crime. And uh, he's 
Ava made very clear she wouldn't tolerate criminal activity in the house. And so uh, she, you know, makes a couple of statements of, you know, and how how closely did I adhere to that rule, (laughs) which is true. Although, on the other hand, it was, you know, arguably criminal and he was kind of forced into it and everything else. But uh, but she she essentially makes a plea to kind of keep him around. Um, And we know that it's not because of the rent he's paying at this point, because he's already given her a bunch of money that she can use to to float her mortgage. Um, for a while. So, so she likes his company basically is what she's saying to him without saying it and uh, might be willing to put up with, uh, some of the crime elements. Um, but he, uh, he goes ahead and moves out anyway. So, uh, and then we get Raylan and Winona, um, and Winona, like I say, is playing hard to get. She's been ducking Raylan's calls. She's giving him a boatload of excuses for why she's not calling him. None of them are pretty convincing. And Raylan is just like, I'm done. I'm basically done talking to you. But the, the truth of it is she's there because she needs a ride. She's, and, and this is, you know, typical Winona, right? She, she calls when she needs something. And, uh, it's, you know, this is a pattern that we see over and over and over again. Um, Winona's in trouble. Raylan bails her out. Uh, Winona barely says thank you and moves on. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and we see that again here, uh, because she needs a ride to her. What we find out is, uh, the divorce lawyer's office because she's getting a divorce from Gary. Um, but they don't have time to talk about that <clears throat> because, well, first of all, I want to, I want to mention something. They were talking about how Winona went crazy there in the marshal's office and talking about how she stole the money and lost her mind. And, uh, and Raylan says one thing to her. He says, you went crazy. I'd like to know if that's temporary. <laughs> <laughs> and my initial reaction to that was. It's not temporary. She's always been crazy, dude. That's part of what you find attractive. I was going to say, that's a feature. It's not yep. a... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not a bug. It's, it's a not a bug. Exactly. It's a feature. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, I did want to... Comes... I, I, I did... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, it comes with a package, but that's yeah. all I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was going to say that, uh, you know, it's interesting because in this episode, you see Boyd uh, approaching Johnny and devil as far as like, uh, you know, selling them on this dream, right? This dream of, oh, we're going to have the Crowder Empire coming up, you know? And then Dickie, you see him selling Jed on, oh, you know, this is the our criminal empire. And then Winona has this completely opposite way of trying to pull Raylan towards uh, her uh, with uh, the way she, her method is, which is yeah. a little bit of crazy, right? Yeah, a little bit of crazy and a whole lot of cold, right? Yeah. Just a whole lot of yeah. not selling Raylan. In fact, yeah. deliberately not. I mean, she even says at one point, I'm not going to try and talk you out of your job. Yeah. I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. Um, basically saying to him, you know, you've got to figure this out on your own. Yeah. So basically, she manipulated him into <laughs> this one, yeah, this well, basically. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. Well, there's a whole lot of manipulation going on here, including including Boyd manipulating Johnny back into the gang yeah. and uh, and Devil back into the gang, and yeah, there's there's a lot going and and Dicky manipulating uh, Jed for that yeah. matter. Yeah, so it's a sales sales job. It's a sales, yeah, it really is being yeah. the gang being the gang leader, whether yeah. you're Winona or you're uh, Boyd. <laughs> 
it, it's sales. It's really yeah. a sales. Yeah. And everybody has a different style. Yeah. Some of and, us say, hey, how are you doing today? And others don't. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, I don't know if you uh, clipped it or not, but that the whole uh, conversation that Boyd has with Johnny um, is basically uh, it is. It's like, oh, I'm selling. This is my vision. This is what, you know. And uh, Johnny buys into it, just like Dickie well, selling Jed. I, I did. I did clip it. In fact, and uh, I have that for for uh, probably three minutes in the future. But um, it's it's even more. I would say it's even more than that. It's it's. I was blind. I didn't see yeah. what what my dad was trying to do. I didn't get it. But now I do. You, Johnny, you're the one who saw what was going on. You had 2020 vision the whole time. I was blind. Now I see. Yeah. And I need you to help me see. That was that was the sales job, right? Appeal <laughs> to the ego, just yeah. straight up, you know, shameless. So uh yeah, okay. So let's uh let's wrap up with what Raylan and Winona. Raylan notices they're being followed by a guy, a couple of guys who look like reputable citizens uh, driving in a silver Cadillac and uh, goes out and confronts them. And, and it's, it's pretty cool. I, uh, Raylan's Raylan's conversations with the bad guys, especially if he's not sure they're bad guys are some of the coolest moments in this show. Yeah. And uh, he comes up to the car and, and basically says something to the effect of, you know, I'm a little out of sorts. He says, I shot a guy three days ago. Because <laughs> So I can't tell if you've been following me or not, but here's what's going to happen. You're going to turn left at the next light. I'm going to go right. If you go right, I'm going to want some answers and they smartly go left. So, uh, but, but right after that, Winona proposes that maybe they don't see each other for a while, uh, because at least partially because of Raylan's job. And then basically, uh, right when she says that Loretta's social worker calls and interrupts the fight. And so, uh, Winona's off to her lawyer and Raylan is off to Loretta who is throwing a little bit of a temper tantrum because uh, she doesn't want to go live with her foster family, who seems like a perfectly nice foster family who lives in a very nice house in Lexington. And and uh, they have a couple of uh, younger children, and she's afraid she's going to become the baby, the default babysitter and all of that. Um, Raylan talks her into it. There's a, there's a moment where they have a little bit of an exchange, right? Because Loretta is is seemingly missing her dad, but she's really missing her mom. And she talks about how she misses her mom, but not really her dad because her dad was pitiful and asks if it makes her bad because she doesn't miss him. And uh, Raylan immediately says, no, it absolutely does not. Because Raylan, who better than Raylan, knows what having a pitiful father is like and how having no regard for that son of a bitch makes you uh, makes you not a bad person. So I think uh, that, that oh, go ahead. you know, that's a, it, you know, since Raylan's selling, uh, selling her on, Oh, you know, go, <laughs> go, go, go to those foster parents, but that's a tough spot for a, you know, a teenager. She's what? 14, I suppose. Is that what it was? 14? She's four, supposed to be 14. Yeah. God, you know? Yeah. That's gotta be really hard. I, I mean, it's gotta be, yeah, she's been being bounced around anyway, as it was, she was basically raising herself. I mean, she's essentially an adult at this point, yeah. uh, in everything but age. Yeah. And, uh, and now she's got to go live with a family with two small children who are going to want to put, you know, things in place like rules and curfew and 
what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do. Oh, you mean you can't go hang out with your 30 year old uh, adopted brother and smoke a wet blunt <laughs> in, in the middle of the night. Right. Uh, what do you mean? I can't do that. Right. So it's uh, yeah, it's going to be a big adjustment for her and foster care sucks, man. Yeah. I, I don't think any of us really have any idea what foster care is like uh, from outside the system, but it's, it's freaking terrible. So not not to say anything to the wonderful foster parents that are out there, but kids in in that system have have it really rough. Oh, and, really and just rough. the circumstances where they have to even get placed into foster care. I mean, just think right. about that. I mean, that's just yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's it's not good. So, so I, you know, I can't blame her for not wanting to go over their foster family, but what else is she going to do? Right. They're not the social services isn't just going to let her go wander the streets. An orphanage is not going to be better. So, so, uh, from there we get uh, back to the Bennett's and, uh, Mags and Dickie are having a conversation where Mags tells Dickie that he gets the weed business. What's left of it. It's his. And, uh, but that's it. He doesn't get anything else, which means no black pike money. Uh, and by the way, uh, Boyd Crowder gets the rest of the crime in, in Harlan County. Yeah. Uh, so you get weed, but you don't get any of that other stuff, protection, extortion, none of that. You, you don't get any of it. Prostitution. It's all Boyd's except for the weed. Um, Dickie reacts poorly <laughs> to this news. <laughs> Dickie has aspirations. Dickie thinks he's a CEO. Um, and he is definitely not a CEO, but uh, he, he wants to try and be a CEO. And so he uh, he starts to form his own little organization. Yeah. Um, well, I think that... Uh, yeah. Mags, I think Mags's uh, position is pretty prudent, right? I mean, Dickie has been nothing but uh, trouble as far as even though yeah. he's family, but he's not been nothing but trouble going behind her back to you know sell weed or or to stiff the the uh, Dixie Mafia uh, with that uh, that robbery. Remember, <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's been a lot the- of stuff. As the quote unquote brains of the operation, right? (laughs) I, you know, with Coover, you would think that he would be the voice of reason and that's what she was counting on him to be. And he wasn't that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And we find out that she also very much holds it against him that he told Raylan where he could find Coover. Yeah. Um, That is a major factor in her, uh, in her decision-making here because he went against the family. Yeah. Just like Sonny. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and then coover was fredo right, <laughs> that right? that's exactly right yeah <laughs> so <clears throat> right out in the lake yeah. um very downscale though <laughs> as yeah, far as yes, like uh, yes yeah no uh no palatial uh like tahoe mansion in the background <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, so we get, we get a very, very brief clip and I'm only going to mention it because what, what happens here becomes important later. Uh, uh, we get a very brief clip of, of the negotiation between Winona and, uh, uh, Gary at their divorce lawyers and, uh, they're negotiating about insurance beneficiaries or some nonsense. And uh, just Gary just bursts into tears (laughs) 
And, and so they wrap up the negotiation, but he says to Winona, you gave me no choice. And, uh, and Winona says, no, no, I gave you a choice. You just chose wrong. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, but, but remember what Gary said here and, and we'll realize how important that is in the next episode. Uh, so from there we get to cousin Johnny and, uh, holy shit, cousin Johnny's alive. He got cut in half with a shotgun, left for dead on Ava's front lawn, and uh, turns out he's alive. He's in a wheelchair, but it turns out he can walk also. It's just hard for him. Um, and uh, Boyd is giving him the hard sell on joining the gang, and I've got the uh, I've got the clip here. You know, I've rehearsed these words in my head a thousand times, but sitting with you now, all my words are gone. I've been doing a lot of thinking about Daddy. Uh, He was a hard man with large appetites and few graces. And and I spent my whole life trying to be a different kind of man. Looking back on it, I, I, I can see how he made it possible for us to grow up in a world without want or hunger. How he helped those in need and tried to bring a little order to our corner of the world. I guess I understand finally what he tried imperfectly to do. And I see value in that. Maybe that's why I haven't come to you until now. I owe you an apology, a deep apology. I've just been trying to find my way in the world And while my intentions were good, people got hurt. People died. Too bad for me, I wasn't one of them. Would you like to see the bag I have to wear to piss and shit in? But if it helped you find your way in the world, boy, well, then I guess it's worth it. Now think about your way every time I empty it. (laughs) So... I wish I could I could take a pill and wipe my memory of Johnny being alive because I got to tell you one of the coolest reveals in the entire uh se- series as far as I'm concerned the fact that cousin Johnny is still alive and Boyd is there imploring him to come back and join the gang. Yeah. Um I had no I remember watching this the first time around and having no understanding or idea that cousin Johnny was, was potentially still out there and alive and potentially coming back into the picture. Oh yeah. Especially the, the way he went out in that season finale, season one finale. Yeah. Yeah. No way. Uh, You you take a shotgun blast at, at four feet and are left in a, in the bushes outside a house. You're not going to make it nine times out of 10, 99 times out of a hundred. So he is one lucky son of a bitch. But uh, so Boyd puts the hard sell on him. And, you know, you've heard us you heard us talk about that a little bit. Um, and uh, uh, essentially he tells him, hey, I need you to help me bring Harlan County back under Crowder control. And uh, and he tells him that you're going to do it because you're a Crowder. And that's what Crowders do. And you, um, you saw what your dad or what his dad, Boyd's dad, couldn't see. Like, yep. Uh, you know. Yep. You saw everything he did. You know what he did right. You know what he did wrong. And I need you 
I, you, you've got to, I need you as my right hand man. Otherwise I'm not going to be able to do this. And forget about, uh, you know, they did, there was that scene in the truck where, uh, where, uh, Johnny like totally was, uh, <laughs> well, where Boyd totally lied to him, uh, about, uh, um, at that, uh, <laughs> about the, the destroying that truck or the heroin ship or not the ship, the, uh, the uh, meth ship. The uh, meth ship. Or the, yeah, yeah the, the precursor. Uh, precursor, yeah. 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 I mean, <laughs> totally like, uh, totally like uh, left about to dry. <laughs> <laughs> he, he really did. <laughs> and so Johnny's right to be pissed at Boyd. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. But, but, you know, remarkable, the, you know, you give, you give somebody a cause, give somebody who didn't have anything to live for something to live for. Yeah. And now all of a sudden they're, they're back with you. Yeah. So. You know, he, Johnny, we don't know, you know, like if, if you were in that position, I, and there was a, a chance of not redemption, but a chance, uh, to have a purpose, like you, you said, uh, if that was your only prospect, would you take it? Especially given it's from Boyd. Yeah. I mean, look, <laughs> if I'm in the situation that Johnny's in, I probably take whatever it comes my way, quite yeah. frankly. Right. Yeah. Cause uh, as he says, beer ain't free. Got to pay for beer somehow, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and and also, you know, it'd be nice to have something to do. Yeah. So, yeah, <clears throat> we get a very we get a very similar scene with uh, with Dicky and Jed. Although the sell on uh, Jed is significantly easier because he's got <laughs> mouths to feed. So, yeah, he, he's he's definitely in. Um, and then now, like, uh, now they oh, did sorry, mention uh, he did mention that he had done some work for the Crowders too. Jed had, yeah. right? Okay, yep. so and as Jed said, everybody did. Everybody did. Yeah, yeah. Every, I mean, they ran everything, so everybody, you know, was like a independent contractor for the Crowders, whether they were in the in the gang officially or not. They worked with them. Yeah, yeah. Because if you didn't work with them, you were working against them. Basically, is what's left unsaid there. So. Yeah, because you couldn't. If they had had that county locked down, or or uh, yeah, they had it locked down. The ben, or the Crowders did. Then you you couldn't work. It'd be a one one shop town, I guess, huh? Exactly. Yeah. So uh, from there, uh, you know, Boyd, Boyd and Johnny can't do all this by themselves. So they need a, they need more manpower. So they had to uh, poker game because Devil's there. And they want to recruit him. And, uh, well, it turns out they're also going to rob the game. And I have a clip of that, um, uh, which has our word of the week in it as well as, uh, it has our, it has our word of the week. And then it has one of the, uh, most chilling lines that you will ever hear Boyd Crowder utter, uh, right at the end. Devil, Boyd, Johnny. Didn't know you boys played. Devil. Cute. Well, it's an honorary title. How do you like them wheels, huh? Now get your face up against that fence. Well, Johnny, I wasn't ready to start this show, but since you've already pulled back the curtains, kind of do what this man asked. Okay, okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, pull out all your cash, put everything on the table right now with alacrity. Get your face down on the floor, now. Devil, pick up that cash and let's go. You serious? Well, I came here for you, but I'll leave with all your money if that's what you prefer. What you offer me? Same as before, only of a much, much bigger pie. 
I'm gonna find you assholes. My name's Boyd Crowder. You can come after me if you want, but it'll be the last thing you ever do. I promise you that. It's badass, is what that is. Yeah. Here's who I am. You know how to find me. Good luck. I don't know who you are. (laughs) (laughs) What I do have is a very particular set of skills. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Now, everybody's had their own private poker games right but has have you ever gone to like a, a underground game like that it's in the back of a bar or whatever and people no. randomly show up i've not i've heard of i've heard tell of them yeah um they're a little less common here in san diego because we have the card rooms mm-hmm. uh where people can go and play poker now there's there's a couple card rooms that are sketchy as all hell also out here and uh, I know one of them has a uh, has a big game that sits in the back. That's a uh, no limit buy in game. So it's not only no limit hold'em; it's also a you can buy in for as much as you want. <laughs> um, which which is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a uh, that's a big game, and uh, it's in a bad neighborhood. So I don't know how you feel comfortable walking out of there with the kind of cash you might you might walk out of there with a game like that. I know. Isn't that crazy? I've, I've never been to one of those, but um, I definitely, I, I, you know, how do you walk out? Like, let's say you walk out even with like 10, $15,000 or something like that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. That'd be, uh, <laughs> you're a little nervous. When I'd you're doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So but it always reminds me of like the executive game and the Sopranos, you know? Remember mm-hmm. that with mm-hmm. uh, Frank Sinatra, the, yeah. the chair boy of the board. <laughs> Lawrence, Ta- Lawrence Taylor shows up there too, wasn't it? Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be so sketchy, but it would be kind of cool in a way. Oh, you know? it'd be like, totally cool. Yeah. I'd love to do something like that. You know, you, you get the you get the thrill of like engaging in, with the outlaws without <laughs> actually being an outlaw. Yeah, yeah. The only problem is you get it over your head real quick, like uh, like happened to the Sopranos, and then yeah. you're in trouble. Then you're, you know you're uh, selling you're your getting sports. busted out. Yeah. <laughs> you're a sporting goods franchise for <laughs> the empty you clean you out. <laughs> And uh, and your SUV ends up with uh, with the boss's daughter. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so Boyd recruits Devil, and uh, and they take off with a bunch of money from the poker game. I'm guessing it was you know a few grand because uh, that one pot was worth like five hundred bucks or something. So yeah, yeah. it's probably like uh, you know I guess it would be about ten ten twelve grand. So that'd be a pretty good, that's pretty good, uh, score. <clears throat> nice, nice work. Uh, yeah. So, uh, uh, we then get back to Raylan and Winona and Raylan is like half asleep in his office and, and Winona comes in and rouse him because she still needs a ride. Um, so did, did they talk about why Winona needed a ride? Is her car in the shop or what's going on there? Cause I'm like, I don't What's this conceit why. of her needing a ride? Does she not drive? I, I don't really. I don't think they talked about why. Oh, uh, was it? No, it was her phone. I, I, I was going to say her battery yeah. died, but that was for her, her phone. Excuses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't. I did make a note here that it's the. It wasn't the exact same dress, but it was that same dress, same style of dress that she had on this episode as that yes. one with the bank robbery 
a few yes. episodes ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like the yeah, it was the dress everybody was wearing in like 2011, yeah. 2012. Right? Yeah. The, it like folds like folds over your torso and then ties and like a bathrobe almost. But yeah, 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 yeah. like a bathrobe that pulls across. Yep. Yeah. yeah. But yep. <clears throat> and uh, and so they have a little bit of a conversation and I clipped part of it here because I think that it's just Winona's reaction and the way she responds when Raylan tells her he loves her is so like they could frame that and stick it on her wall and that'd be a picture of Winona, right? <laughs> like her her reaction. Well, of course you do. <laughs> like, oh my God. So I'm gonna go ahead and play that clip here. These old timers right here. Well, I don't think a week goes by. I don't look at them and wonder, should I grow a mustache? I wonder how I'd stack up against them. And after last week, I'd say, not so well. I've been wondering if I'm just a criminal at heart. You know, truly my father's son, but then you got out of the car today without kissing me. No, I think bullshit. I didn't help you because I'm an outlaw. I helped you because I'm in love with you. That's sweet, Ren. That's sweet, huh? Of course you're in love with me. Oh, really? Yeah, and I love you back. Now what? Now what, indeed. <clears throat> so, uh, so Raylan, in response to now what, which again, an interesting way to sell, right? This is a this is the exact opposite of the hard sell. This is the uh, the Winona sell. It's the uh, takeaway clothes. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Instead of the presumptive clothes, it's the takeaway clothes. Yeah, <clears throat> and uh, and and basically makes it look like it's Raylan's idea for them to go to Glencoe. And when he proposes that, she perks up quick, and uh, is like, "Glencoe, do you mean it? Are you serious?" And then goes, "Well, I have to think about it." <laughs> it's because she's the worst. <laughs> I have a lot going on right now. <laughs> I need to think about it. That means she has him in her little paws. Oh, That's what that God. Means. She's just planning her next manipulation, her next move. Like, okay, now that I've got him to do this, what do I get next? How do, what, what's the next value I can extract <laughs> from him here? She's in the office, in the finance manager's office, and she's about to propose the undercoating. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> she has to go to the manager and bring the manager in. <laughs> well, look, I have nothing I can do about it. They put that on at the factory. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Uh, oh, yeah. Always be closing. Yeah. No, no. Oh, always yeah. be closing. Always, always be closing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, ABC, A always BBC closing. God, I love that movie. Yeah, it's you such work a more, good movie. Work more of those quotes in there in the podcast too. <laughs> I I completely, you know, until you mentioned it, I completely whiffed on the whole selling uh, theme with this uh, with this episode. And if I had known, I would have uh, I would have made a little clip. <laughs> I would have gotten uh, Alec Baldwin in there. <laughs> yeah, if it takes. Takes 
brass balls <laughs> to recruit for a life of crime. <laughs> so, uh, so Winona still needs a ride. So they agree uh, Raylan's going to drive her home. And uh, then we, we get a quick cutaway to, uh, to Boyd and Johnny. Uh, Boyd, Johnny, and Devil are having a drink and planning their, uh, their future empire. And Boyd mentions that they need to make a splash after they build a little infrastructure. So they need some, they need some men and they need a, a base of operations, which they decide will be Johnny's bar. They'll go take it back from the guy who took it from them. I don't know how this all works in terms of like real property and everything else, but you know, whatever. Uh, and, uh, and Devil apparently has the connection for, uh, for some muscle. And uh, while they're planning all of that, they need to, they need to, and Boyd says, we need to figure out who our messenger is going to be, right? Because they want to make a splash and they want to make sure that there's a message, that they're sending the right message. And, and uh, Dickie Bennett walks in uh, and, uh, and he has a little bit of a monologue here and including a, a tangle with devil, which uh, I find very interesting, but our, uh, our uh, food of the week is, uh, is in this, ep- this uh, clip as well. So we'll go ahead and play this. Don't know you. Well, we can change that. Well, maybe we could, but I'm here to talk to this man, so you can put your face back in whatever it is you got going on there. What is that, a milkshake? Keep it up, rabbit. Boy, uh, I just wanted you to know whatever words were said between you and my mama, whatever deal you made, that's all. Your arrangement with Bennett's is done. Bennett's? Didn't there used to be a swinging dick around here? Then uh, one of them boys, what the hell's his name, uh, Hooter, or Booger, <clears throat> got killed. Put the rest of them up against the wall. You about done? Hmm? Or you need a little more time going entertaining yourself? What do you think? Boyd, <clears throat> let's see now. Your daddy's gone, your men are dead. Take one look at Johnny over here. Can't really get around the fact that he ain't much more than the man that you put in a wheelchair. Milkshake over here. Well, he probably has a whistle when he takes his head so he knows which end of wipe. Well, he ain't just handsome, he's funny. Point I'm coming down to, boy. I believe you need to know what's what. So here's what's what. Town of Bennett. That would be mine. Harlan. Well, you can bet that's gonna be mine. And you, you're welcome to join me. All right? Or you can uh, just get yourself across county line. Gentlemen. That's right. That's right. Rabbit, hop away. What do you want me to do about him? Nothing. We just found our messenger. Devil's looking very much forward to killing uh, Dickie Bennett. <laughs> like, he, he was barely restrained. I love that scene. I, I'm trying to remember if when I watched this the first time, if I believed that Dickie Bennett was more dangerous than Boyd, Johnny and Devil. Or if I was just like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I 
I remember when I watched it and I was thinking, God, that's so out of, you know, what leverage does he have? You know, he's, uh, cause everybody knows what happened to his brother. Everybody yeah. knows what happened. Um, you know, like they probably not everybody knows that Mags cut him off, but I mean, what sort of, uh, what sort of leverage is that? <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's got know. one guy. <laughs> like that's fewer than the three that Boyd has. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. I, I whoa, man, ill advised on uh, Dicky Bennett's part for sure. And uh, Boyd just grins as Dicky walks away. The Bennett, the Bennett's giveth, and then they taketh away. <laughs> that's right. But uh, you know, I forgot to mention uh, a minute ago. That uh, in our last Boyd clip that we had our word of the week. You use your tongue prettier than a $20 whore. He, uh, he asked them to put the money on the table with alacrity. And alacrity is a noun. It means promptness in response, but it also means cheerful readiness. So not only are you putting the money on the table quickly, you're doing it with a good attitude about it. With a smile on your face. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Which is a beautiful word that Boyd pops out, uses it 100% correctly. A little history on that. It shows up originally in the 15th century. Uh, It was used about 100 years later by Shakespeare in uh, King Richard III. That's that's one of the first times we see it in published works. So Mm. I thought that was interesting. Oh, a side note. Okay, there was a a movie on Netflix um, that was talking – that documents – or it's not a document. It's a film about the first version of the Oxford English Dictionary. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, so I figured you might be interested in that. The only thing is that, uh, it's, uh, it has Mel Gibson in it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but <laughs> well, wait, it's a, a documentary or a no, movie? no, it's a, it's a, oh, it's a, a scripted movie. movie. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But it is about the story of how, uh, the, the, uh, Ox- the Oxford English dictionary uh, came about. Um, okay. And uh, Sean Penn is in it, and he oh, plays the guy. Yeah, so, Mel Gibson and Sean Penn. Yeah. Well, you're really making it appealing. <laughs> this is the hard sell. Check this out. <laughs> so, the, <laughs> so if Alexandra Denario isn't taking her top off at some point, <laughs> <this is> like, <laughs> true detective. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but so Sean Penn plays a guy who murdered. Uh, somebody. He was like uh, a civil war hero, and he somehow he he murdered an Englishman in London somewhere. So he's in prison, but he contributed like over like ten thousand different entries to the OED. Uh, back oh, in interesting. The day. Yeah. So. Oh, okay. But uh, all right. Well, I'm gonna have to check that out then. I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up as soon as we're done here and check that out because yeah. that sounds like right up my alley for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Last time I checked, but whatever. Even so. though it's got a couple of despicable people. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to make a to... joke out of it. I was like, "Oh yeah, it has two things you like. Uh, you know, the Oxford <laughs> uh, words or the Oxford English Dictionary and Mel Gibson or something yeah. like that. Or do something yeah. like that." Jeez, I, we have to separate the art from the artist, I suppose. <clears throat> like OJ. <laughs> uh, like uh, Buffy. <laughs> like Buffy. Oh yeah. Speaking of which, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> One of my favorite TV shows ever. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah. really disappointing. Well, it's kind of not surprising. I I don't know. You know, remember the young girl, uh, Dawn? I guess she said that. Yeah, Michelle Trachtenberg. Yeah, yeah. She was saying that, oh, you know, she couldn't be alone in the room with uh, 
Sir Whedon <laughs> because yeah, after of, an uh, incident. Yeah. 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 So and she was 14 years old. Isn't that crazy? 14. Yeah, it's uh, ridiculous. And, and you know, again, it's it's one of those things where it's like, I, it doesn't lessen how much I love Buffy and Angel. I love both of those shows. Yeah, yeah. But it makes me think twice, right? I, as, I, as I watch them, I'm always, and now it's like, oh, man, <laughs> this yeah. fucking guy. Well, you know, well, I think of his body of work since, too. Like oh, I know. All the Star yeah. Wars, the, all these. Justice League yeah. and Star Wars and uh, Avengers and, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but I, uh, you know what, to be honest, I, I think it's like him and Ryan Murphy are sort of the same, you know, like maybe it's an open secret. Well, I, Ryan Murphy really haven't ha- heard too much. I've heard stories about, you know, how he has been uh, um, not, uh, he, he had created like a hostile work. Uh, environment oh but really not, yeah i i uh, well read stories i guess but but uh yeah but i wonder how much of an open secret it is with with the joss whedon you know i mean he's been around for a long time we're talking about 20 years now and uh, yeah i mean or like like the brian singer kind of <laughs> open secret right yeah um, yeah so which which apparently didn't stick because dude's still working so yeah yeah so <clears throat> i don't know it's uh yeah it's it's an ugly ugly world and uh yeah i i think i think it's important that we separate the art from the artist because otherwise it'd be uh it'd be it'd be hard to enjoy anything and yeah i i promise you there are people who listen to this podcast who are not fans of uh uh the actor who plays art uh for some mm-hmm. of the things he says yeah yeah and uh and it's it's one of those things where, again, you have to separate the art from the artist. The character of art in this show is perfect. He's directly on point. He's exactly what he needed to be. Um, and, uh, you know, the act, what the actor has to say about the world and, and current events is not reflective of the job he did playing the character he was hired to play. Yeah. So I was going to say like, uh, like OJ in Naked Gun. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect stuff. I, I love Naked Gun. I love yeah. Nordberg. Yeah. I I will say this. It has it, it's it's far enough removed from me yeah. what he what OJ is, has done that it hasn't affected my appreciation of of the Naked Gun and Nordberg. Yeah. I will say that. Yeah. And uh I I for my money one of the funniest bits in in movie history is when Nordberg's in the hospital and <laughs> Frank <laughs> Frank is trying to understand what he's saying and he's saying heroin Frank, heroin <laughs> and, and Frank goes it's a tall order Nordberg you're gonna have to give me a couple of days <laughs> I just oh, I so still watch I think actually I think that uh, the better bit that happened to that same movie was at the very beginning where Norberg goes onto that ship oh. <laughs> and he saw me put him, police go on me, put your hands up. And then one dude pulls up and like drops the gun out of like, I don't know, a dozen men who are putting guns back at OJ. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I was crying the first time I saw oh. that. That was the best. Movie's <laughs> so good. Yeah. Uh, RIP Leslie Nielsen. That's oh yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. <clears throat> Also, airplane. I won't. We won't get started on that. Oh yeah, God, <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> One of the best movies ever. So yeah, 
back on track, what, what we were talking about was uh, uh, the other thing that I mentioned here is uh, our food of the week. Damn, woman, you only shoot people when they're eating supper. And, uh, on, on, you know, it's not a milkshake, but it is, in fact, a white Russian, which is what <laughs> uh, what devil is drinking there in the uh, in the bar. Uh, seemingly the only person in Kentucky who's not drinking bourbon or beer. Uh, and, uh, Dickie rightly points it out, calls it a milkshake and, uh, uh, he probably deserved it quite frankly. <laughs> I drink, look, I drink, uh, I drink cocktails that are sweet. I prefer sweet liquor. And so sometimes I get weird looks when I order what I, what I want and the giant but, umbrella. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but you know what? I like what I like. So I, I can appreciate, you know, that white supremacist bastard for, uh, <laughs> Uh, for for enjoying his white Russian in the bar full of guys drinking bourbon. So good for him. You be you, devil. You be you. <laughs> Rugged individualist. <laughs> He's probably the, the my favorite uh, non top line or top tier henchman as far as because he he does spend a lot of he does have a pretty big presence in the series. Um, but uh, just some of the like, because he, he's so like, you don't get any funny vibes from him, really. I mean, he's just a bad dude, right? That's what I yeah. get from him. Yeah, no, there's nothing funny about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He is a deadly serious human being, <laughs> and one who will, you know, at a moment's notice, drop everything and murder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Uh... <clears throat> All right, and uh, and so we get one more scene, uh, and it's a lot of. A lot of gunfire and, uh, uh, you know, hiding and shooting and dark. And it's very action movie uh, ending uh, at the end of this episode. But basically what happens is Raylan and Winona get run off the road uh, by the guys who are in the, who are in the Cadillac that was following them earlier. Uh, they Raylan grabs the shotgun out of the back, uh, breaks into the business, calls in the, uh, calls in the, the attempted, uh, assassination. And then he and Winona kind of run around inside this business, trying to avoid slash murder the, uh, the guys who are trying to kill them. And, uh, Raylan gets the drop on both of them. He gets one in the feet with a shotgun. Uh, which was, which is good. I, I always wonder about that. Cause you see that in action movies every now and then. Right. It's always, it's good to see like an actual, like relatively true to life cop show doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and then, uh, Winona not listening to what Raylan tells her at all decides to make a run for the exit. Um, and right before the, the other hitman uh, pops her, uh, he takes one from Raylan. So Raylan uh, puts both of them down and, uh, and Winona, uh, the last line of the episode is, or the last line of, uh, for Winona in the episode is that, uh, that, uh, she's, she's saying yes to Glenco now <laughs> after all of that. So, so that's the end of that story. And then we get a very brief glimpse of Boyd who pulls up to Ava's house at night and uh, is standing on her front lawn when she walks up behind him. I don't know what she was doing outside, uh, but she walks up behind him and he tells her basically that he uh, he didn't want to leave without saying goodbye one more time. And uh, then they make out a little bit 
and uh and we're led to believe that it's probably going to lead to more making out and probably beyond that so um boyd and ava are apparently together now now if you were watching the the would you have guessed that that was going to happen i mean like was there any hint of it there was there was a hint i mean boyd boyd very clearly had deep feelings for ava um because ever since uh, the start of the series even right yeah but they evolved right they became more kind of human instead of animal i guess Mm -hmm. is the better way to say it it was became more of love instead of lust it might be a more you know erudite way to say it Mm -hmm. uh but but yeah, I it, it wasn't clear that it was reciprocated by her. There were little hints in the last couple of episodes when he tells her to put a dress on and look pretty. Um, she gets that kind of look on her face that girls get, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, so there were there were some hints uh, leading up to it, but it did kind of come out of nowhere. I, and I'm again flashing back to the first time I saw it. I was I was surprised at what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I didn't anticipate that that Ava would would throw in for a life of crime. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I, I think is one of uh, I don't know if it's a, a, a shortcoming of the writing or or whatever. It, yeah, I think that that I mean, I guess we all could have guessed that that was going to happen, but I kind of wish there was a little bit more. Uh, it was a little bit more uh, emphasized, I guess. You know, oh, here's here's the here's the lead up to this this moment. Yeah. Well, it's a super important moment for the rest of the series because of where Ava's character arc leads her throughout the rest of the show. Yes. Um, And I have to imagine that the writers kind of had that in mind when they put this together. But you're right. It does feel a little bit hastily kind of thrown together in this instant. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So. But uh, yeah, so so Boyd and Raylan, or uh, Boyd and Raylan, Boyd and Ava <laughs> are together. <laughs> We're not there yet. We're not there yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, and that's where our episode ends. So uh, so that is uh, season two, episode ten, debts and accounts. And uh, next week we get a. Uh, a Raylan and Winona centric episode uh, as our main plot line um, because, you know, people are trying to kill Raylan. Um, And uh, that's our main plot line, but we also get a little bit of development on, uh, on Dickie Bennett and Boyd Crowder and what they're all up to Um, because we only have, uh, three more episodes before uh, this. Well, the third episode of those three is the season finale. Yep. Um, yeah. So we are almost through season two already. So, um, so yeah, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with uh, full commitment, which is uh, episode eleven. Um, and until oh, then, uh, oh, sorry, um, I was just gonna run through. Oh, the, yeah, that's right. Oh, uh, what's shit. it called? I forgot that. Sorry. Yeah, let me uh, let me hit that. Give me one second here. I don't know how I forgot that. I was telling my friends this morning how yesterday you come to me and you don't get out of town in 24 hours, I'm going to shoot you on sight. Burn Are you going to shoot him if you catch him? The one who kicked me in the face? Mm-hmm. If you get the chance, shoot him in the nuts. <laughs> I don't pull my sidearm unless I'm going to shoot to kill. <laughs> 
That's great. That's a great Winona line. Uh, updated. <laughs> yes, I love that. <laughs> so, so are you going to shoot him too, Raylan? Because this episode is important because this is the first time since the start of season two that Raylan's actually had to shoot anybody. And uh, well, except, except Coover. Well, I, I should say the yeah the the last last season or last episode, but I mean that's three two two bodies this this episode, yeah, and then. Uh, <laughs> And one last, so we're definitely picking up the pace. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's three deads at the start of the season, and then uh, total for the series so far for Raylan has been twelve and a half, as far Ooh. as the number. So lots of paperwork, lots of reports, lots of uh, AUSA meetings to go to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's running about uh, half a person every episode. That's uh, <laughs> that's his uh, that's his run rate right now. It's so. <laughs> run rates, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah but it, it's uh i think it, you know you're right they're, they're picking up the pace as far as the going towards the end of the season i mean we're you know, like you said we're three three episodes out i guess is that what it is yep so. three episodes away from the left from the yeah. end yeah so but uh I, you know what to be honest this episode i liked but i don't think it was one of the best because maybe i th- I, I think as far as like going through the different uh storylines and stuff it, it's uh I think it, it uh, after being used to just the primary, the Bennett storyline for the past couple of episodes, I think this one, they put uh, those other threads in it and it made it um, probably not my favorite episode, at least, but a good episode. I, I agree with that. It's a good episode. It's a transitional episode. It gets a, it starts to get all the pieces where they need to be going into the finale. Yeah. But look, the Raylan and Winona element of the story is the weakest part of the story by far and it's because of how terrible the winona character is yeah if there was something kind of redeeming about her other than the fact that she's hot (laughs) it would be more interesting but it's it is hard it's sometimes hard to get through yeah And, and and for me seeing Raylan and art fighting is hard to watch too. I will say that, that it's, yeah. it's hard to watch that element of these episodes. Well, uh, yeah, because you want them to be on the, at least be on the same side, you know, like uh, you don't want to see them at odds, which is right. Yeah. I think that makes it, it, it makes it uh, good to watch. I think because, you know, like the, the, I think that art and him going back and forth, is a, is pretty good, but yeah, I think just the relationship that you want them to have, or that I want them to have, it uh, uh, this damaged relationship. I don't think it is uh, it's jarring. Yeah, I I agree, and and you know we'll see as the as the rest of the series progresses. Things never get back to where they were. Yeah. They get close uh, at a couple of points, but they never get back to where they were. Um, that that bridge is forever burned. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, all right. So in the meantime, as I was saying before, we're back in, uh, in a couple weeks with the, uh, with the next episode, uh, make sure you check us out on social media. Our Twitter has picked up a little bit recently. I've, I've started tweeting a little bit occasionally, um, including the top five, uh, actors who also dance in my opinion. Um, uh, and my favorite actor, my favorite living actor is, uh, included in that top five right now. So check that out on our Twitter. Uh, 
Uh, we're available on email, uh, groundlesspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, Twitter is uh, groundlesspod, uh, same for Instagram, and groundlesspodcast on Reddit if you want to reach us there. Um, make sure you, uh, give us a review. Thank you to the people who have reviewed us in the iTunes store. I really appreciate it. Um, some really interesting, uh, some really interesting reviews there and the good reviews we got, we have a five-star average. So we really appreciate that and, and hope that, uh, uh, everyone who listens would give us five stars, um, so that we can show up a little bit more and that we have more people listening to the podcast. Cause that's ultimately what we want. So, uh, so check us out there and, uh, Let's see. I think that's it. Anything else? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good too. All right. Well, that's it. We'll see you in a couple of weeks with uh, uh, season two, episode 11. GG. When you drive a vehicle so reliable, it's backed by a 10 year, 100,000 mile limited warranty. You stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.